October 9, 2021. It's Watt from Pedro Show. And the Johnny Hartman, the man that I, I had stuck up in my mind somewhere, I just felt something about him, you know, I don't know what it was. And uh, I liked his sound. I felt there was something there I had just here, you know. So I looked him up and did that other one, see. And, uh, I, 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 really, I don't regret doing those things at all. You shouldn't. No, that, that, yeah, because that, that, that Johnny Harmon went with, in my opinion, went with the quartet perfectly. Those yeah, are, those are the only six songs I know the words to. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> is there eight? Is it six or eight? Yeah, uh, six, yeah, yeah, six, six yeah. right here. Yeah. yeah, I don't regret none of those. No, no. You but the only thing I do, I, I regret not uh, having, you know, kept that same attitude, which was, you know, I'm going to do no matter what. Mm -hmm. That was the attitude in the beginning. But uh, as I say. There was a whole lot of reasons why <laughs> these things didn't happen. Ups and downs, and I was one of the yeah, downs.
Watch for Pedro Show. Happy Saturday. We start off the show. John Coltrane talks to Frank Kosky in November 1960. I've been putting a lot of the spiel here. Uh, interesting stuff. He was, we lost him like a year after this. Actually, less. No. No, I'm wrong. A little more. <laughs> but anyway, his words are beautiful. And then we had Love Child. Well, no, did I pronounce that right? It's got two eyes. No, it's Love Child. Yeah, but there's two eyes, so that's a tricky <laughs> way to spell it. But it's easier to find in the search engines, right? Okay, slow me down, Love Child. Love, love Child. And you could hear about that voice, people, that because of those Estonian software engineers and their Skype invention, I am not man alone, but all the way from New York City. Alan Leck, welcome aboard, Alan. Thanks so much. You're, you're in Manhattan, right? Uh, I'm actually in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Oh, wow. I thought you were old, because you, you go way back when it was more econo to live in Manhattan. <laughs> I, actually, I actually never lived in Manhattan. I was in Hoboken for a long time, then yeah. I kind of jumped over two rivers to get here. Okay, so what you did was you would be part of the entertainment thing in Manhattan, because <laughs> that's how I know you. <laughs> I don't know you so much for the Hoboken thing. I don't remember seeing you at yeah. Maxwell gigs so much, but I know that in uh, Manhattan, and especially when I was visiting around, uh, what is it, uh, uh, God, what was the name of those streets? Chelsea, El, El Ridge. Where, where did Kim and Thurst live? Yeah, El yeah, Ridge, yeah. Uh, Chinatown, right? Yeah. And so in those days, you know, they let me stay there, right? The pad, it had one hatch and a window on each end. And I think the tub right. was also the fucking table. And there was a, there was a head. <laughs> but but uh, I, that's how I learned the town. They let me stay there and, and I, I just wander and wander. I remember there was no bell either. You, there was a pay phone. So they put the keys in a sock and toss them down on you. That's one of the yeah, calls that Thirst used for that fucking Providence. Uh, <laughs> we ended up a video also, but it's a, a, yeah. the first tune on. But I want to get into your story, your journey okay. through music. So please bring your earliest. I know you got a book and we want to talk about that. But yeah. I'm curious about your journey, guitar man. <laughs> so br please bring the earliest musical memory my earliest musical memory is not actually a memory that i have but my mother has told me that when i was an infant like a newborn i would cry around the clock like nothing could get me <laughs> to stop crying unless she played uh the radio or she ran the vacuum cleaner so like that kind of noisy drone of the vacuum cleaner <laughs> So, or maybe it was uh, too the, much fucking competition. Were you colic? What? Were you colic? What does that mean? Oh, okay. You don't know. Right. There's some kind of condition with babies. They'll cry and they say, you know, something's bugging them. Obviously, that's why they're crying, right? Your teeth are trying to come out, you know, all yeah. kinds of shit. Yeah, it was probably, yeah, yeah. it's probably like everything you can think of was making me cry. <laughs> but, you know, uh, music is a response, baby. You know, because the voice, right? Crying is kind of a voice, right? And it's kind yeah. of an instrument. And maybe it's a response to being alive. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, if you think, if you kind of boil it down, your whole life is either talking or listening. So I think I got a head start on that. Okay. Now, yeah. in this pad you grew up, Al, was there musical instruments? No. My, neither of my parents played a musical instrument. They just um, played the radio? They, really have... they played the record player? My mom had a few records. She had one record that I really liked, which was a recording of uh, the Tchaikovsky 1812 Overture. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you know, usually it's like, but it's like timpani doing the boom. Well, but sometimes it's record. real cannons, right? 
Uh, she had a record that where it was real cannons, and I really <laughs> yes. liked that. So that was like my first noise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I like that. Yeah, I've heard yeah. about that, and it's all about uh, fighting off Napoleon, right? Yeah, I, I think mean, that's it's the not, idea. in some ways it ain't so figurative. <laughs> Borodino yeah. and all that. Okay, uh, in fact, they give up Moscow. They let them burn it down, and then they started, right? The Grand Army. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah. real, real hell. And but uh, <laughs> yeah, if the Nazis didn't learn. They tried it too. <laughs> Assholes. Okay, that was later. Yeah, <laughs> nobody learns. I think the Swedes tried too. In fact, lost a king, maybe in the Ukraine. Uh, watch yeah. out for the big bear. Okay, don't you don't want to dance yeah. too close, especially yeah, whatever fucking war, Eddie. But uh, what what about the first record you bought with your own money, Alan? Well, the first records I bought were sort of things I saw advertised on TV. So then I was sort of directing my parents to sort of send away and get them for me, like the soundtrack of The Wizard of Oz. And I think there were a couple of other like box sets of classical music. But the first one I went to a record store and bought myself was the first Sean Cassidy album. Yeah, because I asked because you don't have a lot of money when you're a kid. So it's trippy to see what first gets spent on. Sean Cassidy, now the, his brother had the Partridge family, right? Right. Right. Which I guess I sort of knew the Partridge family, but that didn't, Man. for whatever reason, I saw his brother, I saw Sean Cassidy on the Hardy Boys TV show singing. Oh, that's right. Later on. Yeah, he's a teenager. By yeah. Then. But yeah, I yeah. think they, can't, they bring him in even younger than that in some ways. I can't, if I'm, it's hard. It's 70s fuck. Uh, <laughs> what about the first gig you saw? First real rock concert was The Who with David Johansson opening at, uh, uh, I forget what it's called now, but it's the Meadowlands in, in New Jersey. It was like, you know, a big arena. And the Giants play. Right, exactly. They got a yeah. stadium there. And that one time, the, yeah. I caught, pulled the boat over there and caught my door. Okay. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> shit, I wouldn't shit you. Uh, uh, school, were you in the uh, choir or the marching band or shit like that? Yeah, I was in chorus all through school and also synagogue choir. And I was in stage band, too, in junior high school, which is basically like a jazz band. I was playing guitar. Did you ever have an idea of be a canner? Uh, it probably crossed my mind, but by that time, I was. it seemed more fun to try to be a rock star. <laughs> well, that, that's kind of the, Al Jolson, right? The movie, right? Pop, yeah. we're in the new land. Yeah. I want to be my own my man, so I'm going to wear this black face and sing jazz. Yeah, yeah um, totally. <laughs> In in some ways, uh, it's endearing story. In some ways, it's kind of corny, but uh, I guess it's first talkie too, or big time talkie. Uh, yeah. Now I know you as a guitar man. So yeah. how did that happen? Well, my mom was always trying to get me to learn to play an instrument because I did spend a lot of time like listening to records, and I was always resisting because my friends would take piano lessons and then they would be stuck behind a piano for like five hours a day practicing. <laughs> And uh, so, but then once I got interested in rock music, just to get her off my back, I said, well, I would play guitar if I was going to play anything. And then sure enough, she signed me up for guitar lessons. And so in October of 1978, I started taking guitar lessons. Now, uh, she got your guitar? What? She got we your rented guitar? A, we, we rented a guitar first. We rented a Yamaha. It was actually like a Yamaha classical. And You're talking uh, acoustic sort of, with... Uh... Uh, nylon strings. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, exactly. And so I think the idea was like, let's see if, you know, he likes playing. And then if he does, then 
you know, well, it, it, after a certain amount of months, it, you would have the instrument paid off for. And when they dress you but, up in Segovia. <laughs> yeah, it, well, but that's the thing. I was like, I was trying to learn rock music on it, you know, and the, nobody really had the, the foresight to see that that wasn't really going to be the right instrument. You know, a repurposed trippy way of doing the nylon acoustic guitar? Woody, what? Uh, Willie Nelson. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Ain't that a trip? You know, yeah. John Coltrane said, if, you, if you're sincere, you can play a shoestring. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> let's put it to well, Keith, Keith Richards learned on a, a nylon string also. Yeah, sure, I sure, sure. Got yeah, a so. lot of cats on the show have. Yeah. I can't tell you it's how a good many way, times. Because I was a little kid, so I think a steel string would have hurt my fingers right, too much. Right, right, right. Uh, you gave me this music here, uh, Look, by something called Run On. Yeah. I'm going to play it. All right.
But I got as many kicks from that VW we put the 911 engine into. That was a nice little body made for surprises. Got more satisfaction out of cracking off 13-second ETs than most 11s. Weber's, Mondello Heads, Vertex. That was a radical little trip. Yeah, space cushions. Okay, let's do it. How much bread we got? That's a clean machine. Not bad for a factory machine. You mean you got some extras in there? Is it fast? Gee, mister, I bet it's pretty fast. Well, sure, I'd be grateful to find out. The only thing is, I'm not exactly in the habit of seeing the Chevy work against a two-bit piece of junk. At a yard and a half, you got a deal, motherfucker. Where to? I'll walk to the motel. Double Jack Daniels with a water chaser. Straight like this, clear across Oklahoma. What about San Francisco? New Orleans, Miami, Boston, and Chicago? That's definitely a town, the Big Apple. Fan bell sounded a little funny. Squeaks. Seen that GTO a couple times before. Levy passed us in Arizona. Some kind of weekend warrior. I don't believe I've ever seen you. Of course, there's a lot of cars like yours on the road. They all get to look the same. They all perform about the same. Sure you could. Yeah, I guess we're in Texas. Oh yeah, I was thinking about the clutch. The clutch is slipping a little. I guess it is. How are you doing? I think we got us a real squirrel to run. We'll race. For pinks. Right. All the rolling stock. You name it. Right. Washington, D.C. Tell them how to do it. Turn that shit off. Turn it off. It gets in the way. Good. It all feels good. I feel good. I can take it all away. I like it that way. Too much wind resistance. Yeah, we gotta get it on. Two cheeseburgers with onions, mayonnaise, mustard, pickles and tomato, and two cokes. You sing a lot. Yeah, why is that? He's dangerous, officer. He passed us on the right a few miles back. Must have been going about 90. That's right. He was leaving all over the road. Scared my wife half to death. Must be on something. You need me as a witness or anything? Hi, man. We just want to let you know we're right along with you here on the road. We're all in this together, right? Same to you. That's where we are, all right. I figured as much. A little. Can never go fast enough. Didn't you mail it in? I'll ride with him. Doesn't even have a heater. Slows it down. It'll be light soon. Best to go through him fast. I don't want to hear about it. It's not my problem. You seen her around? The girl. Higgins, whatever her name is. Just another goat. GTO. They call it a judge, too. Try it again. Put it in neutral. Now start it. Now put it in first. Shut your eyes. First, second, third, fourth, reverse, and now neutral. I don't know. Not yet. You're right. You can't do it. You're right. You can do it. Must be Saturday. No, too much noise for Sunday. Better get GTO together. Let's get out of here. But do it slow. I'll drive the goat. She won't hold up another ten miles. Threads are gone. I got some parts. When we get that pink, we'll unload it. Let's wait till Arkansas. My cop probably had the radio out on it. Saw Rhode Island a while back. Too much engine power. Clutch slips. I don't want too much rubber to burn. That's artificial traction. How can they let them do it? Well, we'd be Class B. That is, if we went down in mid-10. So what happens then? Passing through. Going to Tennessee. I will make it. Not today. One guy got his neck broke, the other one's okay. We gotta roll before the cops get here. I set it up. We're going against the Anglia. 
put up the tools against 300. This is a big one. He does it. We lost to the GTO. She's running good. After DC, we'll go down to Florida. They got some good beaches down there. Wheels didn't grab up the start. I barely got him. Where is she? Let's go. Come on. I said, where? Figured we'd go on up to Columbus, Ohio. Man got some parts up there he wanted to sell cheap. Yeah, where's he so bad either? You got underneath. Big price on Hemi. We got plenty of time. I reckon we could see you for a hundred. for Pedro Show. That chunk of music started off with Run On, doing Look, then uh, ID Du Femelle, I Feel Anxiety, that's a title, Victoria Shen with Cloaca Whippersnapper, it's an excerpt of an installation, this uh, yeah, machinery uh, whooping, a whip, cracking a whip, F- making music. Fine threads of rain, petals of breeze, gilded pleasure boat of waves of mist from Gabby Wen, her debut album, SLWCC Watt. It's a project got collab with Sam Lockwood and Iowa City, Eye in the Sky, brand new from Ryan James Mabe, still guided by Void Bob Pollard with another buttload of songs, right? It's, Every other month, right? <laughs> He's amazing. It's so funny, too. Like, I, I sing with English accents so they don't know I'm a hick. You know, okay. <laughs> Cherub been the great child actor. And, 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 and his guitar man, maybe he's a Brooklyn guy now, right? Doug Gillard or something. Maybe. Oh, maybe. I'm not sure where Doug lives now. Okay. 
I don't know if Dayton or Cleveland or, but incredible right. cat too. That whole band, really good guys. And then yeah. finally, don't, uh, don't cry, driver. Uh, Will Oldham and Alan Lit. Yeah, yeah, Billy Prince. Man, that guy's a tripper. <laughs> he is. <a> tripper. <laughs> but I, you know, like Tav Falco. You know, I remember Mark Riley, uh, BB Six C Six. Right, he says, yeah. Tail Falco, one-off. But, man, ain't that the point? We're all one-offs. <laughs> yeah. With a lot in common. <laughs> oh, that's more We're all one-offs with a lot in common. Okay, let's get back yeah. to your, your journey through music. So, uh, yeah. did you do the thing? Now, I'm not talking after school, uh, school like graduate, but in the afternoon, like bedroom band, basement band, uh, garage band? Yeah, we. I had a bunch of those all through high school. And, well, tell me uh, about mostly... the first one. Tell me about the first one. <laughs> The absolute first one was this kid I went to camp with lived, turned out in the next town from me. And so he had a band with some of his buddies at school. And so I joined their band for, and that was like a few months in seventh grade. And then the next year I met a kid in my junior high school who played bass. And so we had a band called the Fuddruckers. Fuddruckers was like a, uh, I think it was some sort of a chain restaurant. Yeah, in Texas. we got them here. They're at the malls. Like, yeah, what's that called? <laughs> the, the, the food court. It's one of them kind of fucking. Pads. Yeah. Can I ask you the, that first band? It yeah. wasn't your band. You just joined, so you didn't give any material. Right. You were just playing along. And what they do? Copy no. off records or something? Yeah, they were a big Queen fan. So oh most wow, of those, most <laughs> the material was Queen. But you, you know, when I first met Pat Smear, you know, I thought he was so original. I said. Did you ever listen to this? Oh, I love Queen. And I was like, what? But then after a while, it made perfect sense. Okay. Yeah. So they, they kind of bored you, huh? What about Fud Records? Do, do you start writing your own stuff? Uh, oh, maybe only one or two songs. That still was covers. And so me and the bass player were into The Clash and The Velvet Underground. But then the other guitarist was into Ted Nugent. So it's <laughs> very weird. It's a very weird mix of like <laughs> Ted Nugent covers and like Velvet's covers. And, and the drummer was a, then the drummer was a girl. The girl was uh, from Texas, and that's how she knew about the Fuddruckers, and that's where the name came from. Oh, okay. Ian Mackay from uh, Minor Threat told me he was in Ted Nugent before he joined the movement. You know, yeah, but, yeah. And, and then Ig also Ig actually showed me the apartment building where, in front of this pad in Ann Arbor, uh, Mr. Nugent asked Ig to be uh, that Amboy Duke singer. And Ig said, oh, really? I wouldn't shit you. And Ig said took everything he had to keep from busting out laughing. And I think <laughs> I think I'm the wrong guy, Ted. Okay, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Maybe. But, uh, yeah, I was talking. Nothing like getting a guided tour of uh, Ann Arbor from Ig, you know, driving around. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Here's there. See in that window? That's where. Uh, who was the manager? Of MC Five. That's where he rode the Lenos. The guy went to jail. Wow. What was his name? He had the big blues uh, collection. John Sinclair. That's right, Mr. Sinclair. I think he's in the yeah. Netherlands now. Okay, so uh, how, does Fud Records ever do a gig? Yeah, we did like local gigs in our uh, high school and um, and just around town, like in the, the local park. And then after the Fud Ruckers, it was me and the bass player and then these two other guys, a drummer and a guitarist, and that was Shattered Glass. And that was more like Van Halen covers <laughs> and so on and so forth. And we played, we, that band played around quite a bit. We played one battle of the bands at a roller rink uh, in a, a, a neighboring town. And it was us versus this other band called Bad News. 
But the problem was we played first, and so all our friends came, and then they left as soon as we were done, and then Bad News played after us. And because it was like an applause meter thing at the end to decide who won the Battle of the Bands, all of their f- friends were still there, so they won because we didn't get any applause with all our friends that left. <laughs> okay, they stacked the deck a little bit. It was just yeah, circumstance. Yeah. Now, can I ask you, because once... Uh, Minuteman was playing with Black Flag in St. Louis. We played a skating thing, but it was urethane. <laughs> was this place urethane? Urethane's wow. a kind of rubber, and you can't imagine playing a room uh, that's all rubber. <laughs> yeah, the sound was yeah. like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, Love Child actually played in Louisville like a skate thing, or it was some sort of—I forget what it was now—but it was it was something like that, and it was like it was us in a bunch of teenage hardcore bands, and one of the bands was like, we need to switch times with you because our bass player but got grounded, but he's going to sneak out of the house <laughs> at 2 p.m. when his parents go out. <laughs> okay. Coordinated little Mission Impossible. Look, yeah, what happens after Shattered Glass? After Shattered Glass, uh, I'm, I don't really have a, a regular band in high school anymore, but I get into a couple of, again, these battles of the bands that were in my high school. And there was one, and I forget what we called ourselves, but it was still the same bass player who I played with all through high school. <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> I gotta Matt, know him. His name was his name was Matt Nagy, and um, he got into video gaming later, and he moved to England. He's lived in England, I think, practically since high school, or maybe like his first couple of years of college. And no more I think, bass, as far as I know, he's still there. No more I think bass. He still play, he plays music a little bit, I okay. think, but okay. uh, I think he plays guitar. Okay. But um, so we had this we formed this one band and this was like playing DRI covers, Swans covers off of cop. And then stuck right in the middle was Afro blue from the Coltrane. Yeah. John Coltrane. Yeah. And my fellow students were absolutely terrified. <laughs> they were like literally running out the door. They just didn't know what to make of all of this. And uh, actually my, the, the chorus teacher, when I came in, you know, the next Monday to school was just like, shaking his head just like what the hell was that and i was like come on the coltrane song was cool right and he's like yeah okay that was all right <laughs> <laughs> you know van halen started as a cover band right uh, yeah, lots you of know people. the 70s come on we didn't me and d boone didn't know one dude at pedro who wrote their his own songs no one or her song yeah zero not until the movement yeah it's fucked up it's lame so uh yeah. But what about you on the side? You said you did write some songs with the Fuddruckers. Yeah, they weren't really my, I think it, that was, maybe it was the bass player who really wrote that. I wasn't really writing songs then. I was still just kind of like learning guitar. I got super into playing guitar. I was kind of a shredder. Um, and then I discovered Henry Kaiser actually in Guitar Player Magazine. And he wrote this whole article called Essential Listening. It was like a column they had and he like, and at first I wasn't even going to read it because I never heard of them and I didn't know who he was. But then I kind of like as I was flipping the pages, I saw that he had Trout Mask Replica in there and he had Live Dead by the Grateful Dead. And I had both those records. And I was like, well, what else does he have in here? And that's where I found out about Derek Bailey and Terry Riley and all kinds of stuff because he didn't he didn't just have guitar records. He had all kinds of other music in there, like, I mean, all kinds of stuff, experimental music, blues, like you name it. And then I got interested in that. So I tracked down Henry's record, It's a Wonderful Life, which was solo guitar. But it was like, you know, he was doing all this amazing stuff where it sounded like five people playing at once. 
And that's how I got interested in experimental guitar playing. So that was a whole other kind of world to explore. So I was doing all this kind of on my own still in high school. Yeah, and this is kind of the days before a lot of pedals and effects, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, he had like, you know, a, a suitcase full of them, but... No, but uh, you yourself. Know. Yeah, no, I mean, I got a digital delay, and so I was able to do a few things with that. I mean, that was the first thing where I could kind of like you know, do loops and just sort of like create the effect of it being like more than one guitar at the same time. But you like the idea of Man Alone. You, you got tired of the ensembles? Yeah, well, I liked uh, Robert Fripp, Frippertronics, too. That was kind of another guy who was kind of like playing by himself, but he was yeah. making it sound like it was more than one person. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And and we're still ahead of the sampler thing. and Because uh, yeah. now, you know, people layer up there. I've seen the people be whole bands, right? <laughs> it takes a little yeah. while to build it up, but you can yeah. do it with these loops and stuff like this. Yeah, that guy, John Bryan, I've you know, I saw him play and he like he played every instrument. He would just like record himself playing a, like a beat on the drums first. Then he moves over and he plays piano. Then he plays guitar. Then he plays bass. It's like it's it's pretty incredible. <laughs> saw Laura uh, Mayer, Mayer Rock do that. She started with just clicking her fingers. And then she's oh, got yeah. a perfect pitch like Petra Hayden, you know. So, yeah, yeah, she's got a whole fucking thing going, man. And it's yeah. trippy because you can you witness them building it as they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of a trip, uh, or no, it is a trip, <laughs> and then you get there. <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the first hour, October 9, twenty twenty one edition. What Pedro show special guest Alan Lick. Hold tight for hour two. October 9, twenty twenty one. It's the second hour of Watt Pedro show.
good sense of the real thing. Out she comes, no hesitation. We'll draw together a bunch of fragments, like that artificial intelligence in Mona Lisa Overdrive. Signification. Signification. Become acutely aware. I've been watching myself for some time. I become acutely aware. I've been watching myself for some time.
Alfred Pedro show. Start off second hour with Alan Lick, Lauren Carter's alternate, which was recorded at the Shitting Factory. Uh, uh, but a way earlier manis- manifestation, people. But still, yeah. spirit lives on. Ben Salter from Tasmania, failure. Break my own heart from Maya Fajina. Honey Hunters from Mike Cooper. He was on a couple months ago. Great guitar, man. And then Text to Light. Uh, Lee Ronaldo and his wife, right? Oh, uh, that was that was Lee, and then it was me and uh, Christian Marclay and William Hooker, and um, oh, so it's a had, had different played. it's had different incarnations. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this piece was called Five Twenty Nine Oh One Tonic Eight. So I I surmised from this it was uh, Mr. Zorn's uh, tonic place with the. Uh, it was uh, tonic, yeah. Two thousand five, uh, January 29th. Okay, uh, the late great one now. Uh, Stone, right? Well, the Stone was Zorn's name. Zorn did a lot of tonic, but it wasn't technically his place. But okay. he did a lot of stuff there. Okay. Yep. What? Fucking missing out on the fine details again. <laughs> but I knew it had something to do with it and something. And it went away and then this. And and also Roulette now, is it's still going, but it's in Brooklyn now? Yeah. 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 But these are great pads. I love them. And, and also that first yeah. uh, to nut. Yeah, because you know what I mean? They give up space for this kind of uh, experiment and adventure. I just love it. Yeah, that's right. I just love it. I just love it. So, okay. okay. You said the first gig off air, you told me that your first gig was at this Houston Shit Factory. So, and it was part of Thurston's (laughs) uh, uh, rock and roll circus. Rolling Stones had a rock. Remember, they wouldn't let it come out because the who blew them away. Yeah. Yeah, with the quick. Yeah. But you know what's really great on that? It's fucking Taj Mahal. Dressed as a cowboy. Yeah. Man. Oh, I love that. Ain't that a lot of love? Yeah, with Jesse Davis. Hold, right! And he clams, and he, the look on his face is, that was supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah. You could tell Keith learned a lot off of him. Great, yeah, great man. Sure. And that's just a great lick, right? Econo yeah. bass line. Right? You know what I mean? Fuck. <laughs> I don't know. It just gets me every time. I think the only band of lipstick on that was... Uh, the Black Sabbath guy with Jethro so Tony Iommi wearing a fucking felt hat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It could have been anyone, right? Because of their lip sync. Okay. Uh, let, let, tell me about that first gig in New York City. That was, yeah. I mean, I had kind of met this guy, Rudolph Gray, and I, I heard him on this uh, cassette. It was like this cassette magazine called Telus, and this, this issue was all guitars. And like Thurston and Lee were on there and Bob Mould is on there and Steve Albini, like all these guys alongside all these other experimental guys. And so uh, this was like a real like revelation to me just to see these two scenes that I was interested in kind of crossing over like that. And Rudolph was on there and I kind of got in touch with him. And then he invited me to play this gig with him. And I already had the band Love Child going and that was something uh, at college. And that was founded by this guy named Will Baum who actually went to high school with Tony Maxwell from That Dog. He mentioned Petra before, and then... The only also, boy in the band. The only one for you. Yeah, yeah. And but anyway, uh, so I was just starting to play straight, clubs though, uh, with them. Alan, let, let, let me get this straight. It was Thurston's gig, but Rudolph invited you? It was Thurston's... Thurston set up this whole thing. It was like Thurston played solo. The Velvet Monkeys played. Um, Forbid and Magus played. And then he asked Rudolph to do something. And then Rudolph like needed a couple people to play with. So he asked me to play. And I played Kim's bass. Ah, that, that big, uh, 
Uh, what what starts with the O? It, it was a Rickenbacker. It wasn't. Oh, it, was it wasn't that. It wasn't the ovation. Yeah, ovation. Was, that's it, it. That ovation yeah. had a crack neck, and it would pinch your fucking hand. I, I played it for the, <laughs> on their evil thing. <laughs> so did Geese oh, in wow. uh, Rite of Spring when I borrowed his bass. Yeah, split necks. Oh, yeah. You, got, you got to take care of the split neck on a bass, people. <laughs> yeah, but right. anyway, so so you didn't play guitar. You played bass. Yeah. And we just like did a free jazz kind of thing for 15 minutes. Now, and, uh, you didn't mention bass before. Was, was, was that your first time I, on bass? I mean, probably, yeah. I mean, I've hardly ever, I played bass with Arthur Lee just for one gig also, but I've rarely played bass live. I played on a couple of records. I played like on a couple of tracks on Run On Records, I think, and one track on Love Child okay. record. Hear me out on this. Bass, four-string guitar or four-string drum set? <laughs> um, maybe four-string drum set because you can change, like both the bass and the drums can really change the direction of the song. Okay, I think I'm, with you, uh, and I'm with you. It's not a four-string guitar. People don't appreciate guitar. how much power you have with the bass. It's like you can really... It really affects how which direction the the music can go, and depending on what you're playing on the bass. And then if you're without that poor lonely kick drum, <laughs> my heart breaks. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work for the kick drum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but people are just seduced by more room in the boat. Fuck that. Look, you yeah. gave me this music you did with Tom Verlaine and uh, Yuta. Plant. Yeah. Plant jam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they, they're laughing at the end, too. Thank you. 
Watch for Pedro Show at Chunk of Music. Start out with Yuta Cothert, Alan Lick, Tom Verlaine. And people, Tom Verlaine was half of the original television, which is his yeah. initial. Well, Tom Miller, right? Who was first a sax player. Yeah. He wouldn't play guitar in public till they got Dick Lloyd. Yeah. Okay. Emmanuel Armida after that. Yuvia. <laughs> and then Alan Lick. Room for storms. So tell me how this 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 track Plant Jam had. There was this artist named Peter Coffin, and he did this whole series called Music for Plants. He had he was in a gallery, and he had this whole like kind of greenhouse set up with plants in it, and he invited all these people on the music scene to come in and just play for the plants, really. Um, and so he asked, uh, I guess me and you to probably. And then Tom just kind of like kind of came along for the ride, you know, he, he and Utah are partners and, and, you know, he would just kind of, and I knew him a little bit by then anyway. So, uh, you know, and that's exactly, I mean, we just played for that five minutes or whatever it is that that track is. That's well, what, that what I'm wondering, you didn't, you didn't prac before. Did you get into No, no, the, no. Yeah. Oh, no, it was totally spontaneous. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, you did a cover once of a Minuteman song. <laughs> called polarity yeah tell me about that i never got to ask you about that i loved it yeah well what it was was the the people who did that tribute album to the Minutemen, our band can be your life right they asked mike Mike hogan or something yes that sounds right they asked love child to be on it and it was sort of in the the latter days of love child and my idea was to do like this 20 minute version of it with just like kind of looping the last chord that's on the uh, the original version and the guy really liked the idea, but he was like, you know, I just can't devote like a whole album side to your, yeah. your version. <laughs> so I was like, all right. But then I had, I, so I kind of say that for my first solo guitar record where I had another 20 minute piece that I kind of worked out and I was like, well, if I put molarity on the other side, then I've got a whole album. And so yeah. that's how it came about. Okay. You know, you put a tune out there. You know, look what happened to my favorite things. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, that's sort of the inspiration. It's like, you can, how far out? How far out can you take it, or how do you kind of like, you know, translate it? Well, no, but that's kind of your approach to music, your... right? Yeah. How far yeah, can absolutely. you take it? Yeah. You know, the wall is only there if you push against and something, yeah, stops you. You you just don't agree the walls over there. You actually go out there and put your hands out there and feel for it. Yeah, or you're spray painting something on the wall. <laughs> or, or yeah, if you, there is a wall. My point is there like is a wall. my point is a lot of the walls are might be constructs in our heads, right? That we just assume, right? Very dangerous word. My pop loved said that's that spelling's not an accident, boy. Yeah. Right? They make an yeah. ass or, out of you and me. <laughs> he just thought that right. was the most incredible. So well, the other thing might I do, be a coincidence. Don't the other thing me. I do with pedals also is like once I get one, I figure out what it's supposed to do, and then I I do something else with it, like something that you're not supposed to do with it. Like you know, I have one of those whammy pedals that's supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be like sound like a whammy bar, but you know, you kind of play it with your foot, almost like a wah wah pedal. And so I would never do that. I would just sort of like take some of the knobs and like twitch them around. And when you do that, you get all this kind of like crazy like um 
kind of sound. Right. So you're saying a pedal <laughs> ain't pedal ain't really uh, sound What you're saying is a pedal really ain't an extension of the guitar. It's 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 a, it's, a, it's an instrument unto itself. It can be. It's like if you subvert what it's supposed to be doing, then you can find all kinds of sounds that are not really it wasn't made with the intention of having, but they're in there anywhere. They're just anyway. They're just there, kind of for you to to find. Yeah. Uh, a parallel universe might be satire or irony. You need the thing to make fun of first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're at the right. end of the second hour. October 8th. Nope. October 9th, 2021. Right. Here's your so special guest. I don't like Old Time Fire 3. October 9th, 2021. It's the third hour. What for Pedro? <laughs>
Off for Pedro Show, third hour, start off rendezvous in space. Henry Kaiser and Alan Licht. And uh, this is the man that kind of got Alan. Well, he he was a sea change in your guitar playing life, right? Yeah, he's for sure. Reading that article. Yeah, and he's a great, nice yeah. man. He, he fucking, you know, I didn't want to do it, but he talked me into it. I ended up being part of his uh, Love Supreme and uh, Meditations yeah. interpretation. Yeah, I did that with him. I did that with him also in, up in Santa Cruz. Fuck, man. I was like, uh, well, well, this was a recording. So at least a gig goes into the air. <laughs> <laughs> Unless somebody gets on their fucking leash and puts it on Bloob Doop. But uh, anyway, I, you know, I'm glad he had me do it anyway. But Henry, Henry gets things going. He gets things happening. Yeah, that's, that's you know, for sure. Either through an article or like, yeah, he's playing with you. You're on stage with him. You know, he, yeah, that's right. People like that are very important. Uh, they're fabric to connect. Uh, great detective stories from Sam Lock Ward. Ah, guy I got that project with. Uh, featuring Steve, R. Stevie Moore. R. Stevie Moore, incredible kid. Trobakova Kustepeshi out of Slovenia with the Skreveni Magrom, which is hidden by fog. I wonder where they are now. I mean, this was in the old Yugoslavia days. And finally, uh, Babes in New York with the Grand Scheme. Is it? No, there's another tune. Fuck, what? Can't remember. Yeah, because it's one of your tunes, right? Which one? Which one is it? Uh, run, run, run! Uh, right from the vinyl soundtrack. Yeah, with Julian yeah. Casablanca also, singing and um, Mike Tony Bullock Shanahan before that bass. with Tread, and then Run, Run, Run. And, and what's the name of this project? This was that that show on HBO Vinyl. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And we did we did a bunch of sessions where we were kind of playing the music that was used in the show. So like in this episode of the show, there's like a flashback to the protagonist going to see the Velvet Underground at the Dom, and so the Velvets are playing Run Run Run, and so we recorded the version that's in this t- you know the HBO show of of you know that song. Okay. Okay. So uh, you're back to covers. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Just having a little fun. So you got a book, Alan. Yes. Common Tones. Yeah, selected talk, interviews. Let, let's let, let the listeners learn about it. Yeah, it's a collection of all these different interviews I've done with people over the years. Like Lou Reed is in there and Tom Verlaine and um, Suicide and also uh, some experimental filmmakers like Ken Jacobs and the performance artists Vito Acconci and Matthew Barney, the artist, and Ira Kaplan and Georgia Hubley from Yola Tango, all kinds of people. Ira actually met him when he was booking Maxwell's. Ah, right. Or he was doing sound in Maxwell's. Yeah, but right? yeah, 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 but also did some get before Todd Abrams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, we talk all about Ma- we talk all about Maxwell's and Hoboken. That's sort of like what that interview was about. It was something I did for a, a, a French fashion magazine, actually. But they were doing this issue about uh, New Jersey, and they wanted us to just talk about Hoboken. Wow. Okay. No, no. Yeah. Tell me about the book. When did you get the idea? Well, Blank Forms approached me about doing a book a few years ago, and we kind of talked about different possibilities of what it could be, and I said. I have all these tapes of doing interviews with people, then they weren't necessarily printed as Q and A interviews. It was because I was doing a profile of somebody like Lou Reed 
for a magazine and I would interview him and then I would use a few quotes, but I, I never published the full interview. So, you know, why don't I transcribe all this stuff and we can put a whole book out of that, a collection of it. And they liked that idea. And so a couple of years ago, I kind of sat down and took out all the tapes and transcribed everything. Uh, then it, they had to finish up some other projects. And then last winter, they really got on the ball and they were kind of sending me a different edit, like or two or three different edits a day, you know, for like two or three weeks. And so there's like close to 30 interviews in there and it's a 600 page book. But uh, it's really I find it to be really readable and it's and it's kind of amazing um, because it kind of charts my charts my own course through kind of meeting these people and kind of learning from them as I go along. And uh, and the whole idea of common tones, it's like not only do they have something in common with each other, even even though it's a fairly disparate group of people, but also I have something in common with all of them. That's kind of what made me interested to to approach them to do an interview anyway in the first place. Now, 600 pages, but you probably gave them more than that, right? Well, not always, because like the Matthew Barney one, um, you know, that the article that was published in a magazine was like only a page and it's a 4,000 word interview. So it's it's actually much more than ever, you know, appeared anywhere else before. Well, that's why I'm saying you, you gave them so a lot of stuff, but the, still pared down at 600. So Yeah, a, well, actually, no, I mean, it's I think that's pretty much they actually um, they pretty much printed everything that I gave them. I mean, we edited oh, wow. some okay. things out okay. here and there, but that's pretty much it. OK, OK. So there's no like 1200 page one. <laughs> no, it's not like the, yeah. it's not like the David, it's not like the David Lee Roth book. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> now, uh, where can people learn about it on the Internet? Is there a site they can go to? Yeah, blankforms.org is the publisher's uh, website. B-L-A-N-K-F-O-R-M-S dot org? Yeah. Okay. See people go there and check this out. It's always a great thing uh, to read about music. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like when you go to the museum, D me and D Boone had this joke where you, a real tiny patent and then a little description next to it's about 10 times as big. That's what we got with <laughs> the way Wire put the lyrics on that Pink Flag record. Yeah. And so that's why Minutemen put their lyrics that way. That was the whole idea. Like you go to a gallery and the description is bigger than the work. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is interesting about that, that, that kind of thing. And, you know, I think one of the common things is you talking to all these guys. You're the common link. Exactly. I mean, that's, I don't know if you, do you know the movie, The Swimmer with Burt Lancaster? It's about this oh, yeah. guy oh, yeah. who, do you know it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, so people know it's about this guy who like, he basically like swims his way across home, across the county, like just jumping in one pool after another. Right. And every pool uh, belongs to like someone else he's kind of met somewhere in his life. And some of the people are happy to see him and some of them aren't so happy to see him. And uh, and I, when I started reading the the book, I was like, I'm the swimmer. <laughs> I think like Colin, instead of the, speaking instead of wire, of the pools, it's it's music. It's yes, music is speaking like of wire. Thing. Speaking of wire, I think Colin Newman made that into a song. Oh, really? Called the swimmer. Yeah, and it's got uh, the covers like a hedge cut in the shape of a swimmer. Look, I want to play this uh, jump. Speaking of David Lee Roth. Oh yeah. <laughs>
Watch for Pedro Show Last Music for this edition. Jump from Alan Lick. Garden of Diode States in micro, micro, a mirrorgasm capes. This is James Twig Harbor, Rubber O Cement. Interesting titles from those guys. Black Humor, also from the city. I should have let him die. That's a trippy record. Kishy Bashy, Town of Prey, uh, P R A Y people. Uh, Versari, Tu Te Desat. D-I-S-A-I-S. I don't want to butcher the French language anymore. I love the way they cut out the last letter, so it should decide, probably. And Blue Humans, finally. Finally. <laughs> I thought it was a good one to close up. Is this the blue? The guys with the blue paint on? No, that was okay. it was Rudolph Gray. It was me, Rudolph Gray. Oh, that's Gray right. That's right. Golf. Yes, of course. Greg Ginn yeah. put out some, uh, yeah, yeah, stupid watch. Right. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> a new alliance, yeah, on, right, right, after after <laughs> me and D. Boone's tenure. Right. right. Now, uh, Rudolph Gray, really interesting cat, man. He wrote that book, right, on, uh, on Ed, Ed Wood. Ed Wood, yeah. Yeah, interesting man. And I think the connect was thirst. That's how Greg got to know him. Is is, is Rudolph yeah. still making music? I, I Not as far as I know. Okay. It's been a while since I talked to him. I think the last time I saw him was at uh, the, the book party for Thurston and Byron's No Wave book. Okay, okay. And... Uh, and what are your plans musically? Uh, I'm recording a new record that VDSQ is going to put out in 2023. And uh, a couple of other things. I've actually been playing a little music with Steve Gunn. I think we're going to try to record something. And... He's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. Oh, awesome. Great and, guy. And uh, is there a place on the internet people can find out what you're doing musically? Uh, my website is www.alanlicht.com and the You should spell that. Offer, spell that, please. A-L-A-N-L-I-C-H-T. Uh, and then also alanlicht.tumblr.com. A-L-A-N-L-I-C-H-T dot Tumblr, T-U-M-B-L-R.com. No E, people. Tumblr. Tumblr. Big honor to have you on the show. When these new records, uh, this new record comes out, on oh, this stuff with Steve, too. You come back on the show and we can talk about it? We'd love to. Thank you so much, y'all. Truly. Keep on Thank keeping you, on, Mike. brother. People, it's been October 9, 2021 edition. Why, Peter, should keep your powder dry.